Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of The Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today we have a wonderful treat. We have a married couple that works together, Mark and Lisa Watts. Thank you for joining us, Mark and Lisa. Thanks Thanks for having us. So would you tell us what you two do? What is your business? Well, I'll start with the high-level real quick overview, and then Lisa can get the details out. So basically we make one-gallon small batch brewing systems for, for home brewing beer in a nutshell. Of course, they're nice brewing systems. They're beautiful. They're not just an ugly old bucket and uh, something you store in your garage. It's something you can do in your kitchen. It fits on a really small piece of counter space. It's beautiful. It's a it's a something people will talk about, and it's a lot of fun and super simple. Oh, so make your own beer at home. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like the olden days. It's not your dad's uh, old home brew, though. It tastes like craft beer. It's fantastic beer. Oh, excellent. I, I, I can't say that I know what it tastes like because beer in my world is for washing hair, but I know that I'm the weird one. <laughs> and what is your family situation? We are a blended family of five. Oh, sorry, six total, but five in the house currently. So there's Mark and myself, and we have two girls and two boys. Boy and girl is Mark of Mark's and a boy and girl of mine. Oh, my. So a very full household. Yes, indeed. But the oldest has moved off and started to do his own thing, so that gives us a bit of a break. And and that and that is definitely necessary after you deal with the joy of the teenage years. Oh yeah, he broke us in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. His siblings should be very very thankful. Absolutely. So if you guys were to think back to when you were kids, when did you first start discovering money and that it was something important and that you needed to pay attention to? When we wanted to buy things. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I first learned that we never had any. That, that's uh, that was the basic answer all the time. That's a good point. My my parents said the same thing. We really didn't have money. We didn't have a lot to to throw around. So asking for money wasn't really wasn't really an option. There wasn't a lot to to have. So with your parents, other than saying no, we don't have money for this or extras and things like that. Were there any family conversations or, or, or things that your parents specifically taught you about money when you were growing up? Well, my mom would, would sit down with me with the checkbook and and show me how <laughs> how little money there was and, and how you had to account for everything. Yeah, my mom too. She did the, the checkbook and she also, when we would go grocery shopping, she'd point out, now look, look, dear, look at what's the amount on that uh, on the bill. And I'd look at it and say, oh my gosh, mom, that's like $300. 
Well, yeah, it costs a lot of money to run a household. Definitely something I've passed on, those kind of words. Yeah, that's definitely something that a lot of kids just don't get, how much it costs to just keep everything going on a normal basis. What are some of the things that, that your kids are asking and, and things that you're noticing around the subject? Well, we know sometimes they want to save their money for big things, but they find it difficult to to keep it in their pockets. We know they would much prefer we purchase it over them purchasing it. <laughs> One of the things I, I've always said to my kids, especially way back when they were little, they'd say, Mom, 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 can you can you buy me this? Can you buy me this? And I'd say, no, no, sorry. They'd say, can I have this? And I'd say, yes. And they'd be, oh, so excited. And I'd say, but with your money. And that was something that stuck. So they know they don't, they don't really get to just ask us for anything. I mean, they can try now. They're old enough that they try anyway. But we, I think we all adopted that uh, when, we, when we merged. So that was the, the common theme. Whenever anybody asked for anything, it was always, sure, you can have it. Did you bring your money? Yeah. And, and how are you finding things are different now with your blended family than what they were before when you were dealing with the kids when you were in different households and the kids were significantly younger? Well, yeah, they were so young that they didn't really have access to money anyway. And it was the same question. It was the same answer. So nowadays, you know, it's it's a bit different. But when they were little, they, they didn't have access to money anyway. And, of course, kids ask for everything under the sun. What are some of the questions that they're asking about money now other than, like, can I have this? Like, are they asking you any questions? You know, they don't. They're not really, they're not really inquisitive about what it costs, you know, to be out in the real world. We're the ones that are pushing that kind of information. We'll say to them, you know, um, we sat down one time when we were all out to dinner and we were talking about, well, you know, what one of the, our daughters, the youngest one had asked or had said she wants to live with her friends when she's older and, you know, they want to live in an apartment and go to school and all of this. And I said, so, how are you going to pay for that? How are you going to pay for that apartment? How much is that apartment going to cost? So what about the bills? And she said, well, what are bills? What do you mean? I mean, they just had no concept until you start telling them, you know, one of the things they have asked us, you know, they would say things like, can we get a different car for when we're driving? And we'd say, well, do you have any idea what this car costs or this truck costs? And when we tell them their eyes light up, like, like they've seen a ghost. Because they can't believe, oh, oh, that's not what can't I can't even comprehend that much. Yeah. Yeah, and then it, it's not just the cost of the vehicle, it's the insurance, it's the maintenance, it's the gas, it's the registration, it's the oil changes. Exactly. It's, heaven forbid you get caught by photo radar. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The funny thing is the, the oldest, so Mark's oldest, he is, of course, living out, out of the house. And one of the things that I said to him this Christmas was... We know you've now, you've now reached adulthood because you asked for winter tires for your Christmas present because (laughs) that's one of those things. You just can't necessarily afford it. Well, yeah, they go, there's so many teenagers that, that, that want to get their license and then they want to be driving and going, okay, a lot of the parents will let you share the vehicle and stuff like that, but just what is it going to cost you just to cover the insurance? Oh, yeah. So we think he had a rude awakening on that one, and that's why he had to go around to as many people as he could asking for a single tire from each of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he didn't ask for a tire fund. He asked for tires, did he? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the four people he approached uh, 
got together and discussed, so we got four of the same time. Yeah. Well, I know we got them one, so. <laughs> and what about with you, with your younger ones? Are, are are they noticing, like, their older brother learning these lessons and stuff and, and trying to pick up from that? I don't think they really notice. <laughs> There's the odd story, you know, that they'll hear us tell them about what he's going through, but I don't think it registers. I don't think... You know, things like taxes don't register at all with them. And, and they didn't with me when I was growing up, not even growing up, when I was early 20s, you know, and my only real job had been McDonald's and I was working through university. And, of course, I always got all my income tax back at the end of the year. So I thought, well, taxes aren't so bad. You just got to wait till the year and you get them back. <laughs> Great system. And my mom's trying to tell me, oh, no, you don't understand, you know, you know, I wanted to be a firefighter at one point, and she said, you know, I don't know if they make enough money to, to start that you think they do. I'm like, are you kidding me? They make like $4,000 a month. Who could spend $4,000? She's like, yeah, but you're forgetting about taxes. I said, yeah, but you get them all back, so no big <laughs> So it wasn't until I got my first job out of, uh, well, I was still in university, but uh, then I realized that they don't give them back to you anymore. Things aren't so easy. Yes, the, the, the joy of taxes. Everybody, everybody gets to suffer from that pain. <laughs> so ours get get their allowance now, but they don't. You know, we haven't taxed them yet. So no, and they're just starting to get oh. into that, into needing and wanting, or I shouldn't say need, wanting things that are more expensive than we necessarily want to pay for. So, you know, the middle girl Kaylee, she's she's starting to babysit, so she's making a little bit of money. They get Christmas money, they get birthday money, they get a really small allowance, but it's still something. So they're all looking at ways of of putting it toward what they want, but they're getting into that age now where they want things that are a bit more expensive. So it's going to start becoming something in their world. Talking with um, my oldest, Kyle, he had decided, you know, he was going to get a job at 14, and now he's 14, and he's going, well, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'm thinking, well, probably don't need that money enough yet, but it'll come. <laughs> my, my, my daughter's very financially motivated. She keeps asking me. She wanted to go around last summer and see if she could apply for jobs. And I'm going, I love the ambition, sweetheart, but you are not legally old enough for anybody to hire you until next summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, what do you want? The, what do you want the money for? And and she's 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 got her little projects and stuff, and she knows what they're gonna cost, and and she gets her allowance, and there's things that she can do extra for me, but she wants that regular incoming paycheck. It's got her really excited. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes next summer. Yeah. So you guys, you say you give the kids allowance. How do you deal with that? How do you determine that? Well, they only get ten dollars a week, and they and they get that if they. I mean, they've all got a set of responsibilities that they have to do, so. One is the dishwasher. One person will do the dishwasher all week. One will do the taking care of the dog all week. One will do um, all the bottles and re- the recycling and the garbage all week. They have to keep their rooms tidy, although one really struggles with that. And they have to clean their bathroom. And, of course, you know, I mean, we've, we've never really said they have a set of, of things to do that were equivalent to what they were going to get as a a pay in their allowance, but we did say, and I remember this was advice from my mom. She, cause I said to her, well, did you ever, cause I couldn't remember. And I said, did you ever link my allowance to, you know, certain chores? And she said, no, she said, 
you were told you would get an allowance if you did what I needed you to do when I needed you to do it. And that was the end of, that was it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we incorporated. Okay, well, if we ask you to do something, then you do it. And that's how you get your allowance. And do you put any specific rules on on certain things that they have to spend their allowance on? Or is it just that's their money and they can do with it as they want? Yeah, we don't really, we don't make them uh, do anything specific with it. And with, with having, having the, having the blended family and, 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 and different kids of different ages and stuff, are you finding that they have very different money personalities? Yes. One of them for sure. The, the middle daughter, she's, uh, she likes to save and it could be a product of just, you know, getting that babysitting extra money, getting extra Christmas money, whatever it happens to be. At least when I was a kid, when you hit a certain threshold, then it's, you know, it's easier to save it once you're, you've got a, a good chunk in there, I find anyway. <laughs> so I know she's, she built up a, a good amount and, and was really, would really struggle to touch it. I think she's getting over that lately, but <laughs> oh. uh, it was pretty good for a while. Yeah. She's still doing good, but she's, she's spending more than she was. Yeah, but she does, you know, when we, when it's time to do Christmas shopping, she doesn't ask for any money from us to buy Christmas presents for anyone. She has her own money. She buys with her, her own money. She budgets it with her own money. She does a very good job at it. Oh, that's excellent. What about, what about the boys? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Where do we begin? <laughs> Poor Kyle. If he's got any money in his pocket at all, he will find a way to spend it on something. Doesn't really think long term. And, and how do, how do the kids react with one another around the subject? They, they don't really have, they don't really say too much to each other, I don't think, other than, you know, if one doesn't have any money and they want them to go to 7-Eleven with them, well, then, you know, they'll lend some money and help out. But for the most part, there isn't a lot of discussion between that we know of between them about money. With them, with them getting older and stuff, what are some of the lessons that you guys are trying to more consciously teach them? Well, I think, well, definitely that it, it takes a, a ton of money to just keep the house running. I think we drill that into them probably too much so they, they may not even take it seriously anymore. Uh, and I think on my end of things, just the way I grew up was, uh, maybe a bit of a detriment because like I said, I was always told we didn't have any money and you know, it looked, it always looked bad in the, in the checkbook, but we never went without anything either. So I always thought, oh, wow, no big deal. You don't need a lot of money. It'll always work out somehow. So it always do. And Mark has said that many times. He's just saying, you know what? It'll work out. Don't worry. It'll work out. The one thing that I think that I want the kids to consider about money between now and when they're adults and, and out in the real world, world is the difference between needs and wants and how to budget based on needs and wants start with the needs and work on the wants so to finish up here if you guys could make sure that the kids get three lessons about money that they've totally got it what are the three things that you want them to go away with what are the three things that you wish that you had known and that you want to pass on to them uh and so i wanted the kids to know number one i guess would be uh for them to understand what it takes to run run a household. I think one of the things that would be really important for them, and something that I didn't, I took for granted once I was at an adult, was credit. The importance of understanding what credit is and what it means and, and what kind of effect it can have on your 
your current existence and your future existence. And what would be the third thing? That they should really uh, respect the idea of having money because, like, try not to take it for granted because when they don't have money, they have way fewer choices. Which is really an important thing because, yeah, so many people have such a negative relationship with money that they push it away and all of that, and then they wonder why their life are more difficult than they need to be. Absolutely. I think I want to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you change it to? It was re- it was investing. That's what I wanted to do, number one. Because I didn't, growing up, my parents uh, didn't do that. They didn't believe in RSPs or stocks or anything like that. Because they thought it was like gambling. Yeah, they kind of thought it was like gambling, and so that was a no-no. So I didn't do any of that until, you know, I got my first job out, outside of university. And by then it was playing a lot of catch up. So yeah, if the, kids, if the kids could know about investing and how to do it and start, you know, way back in high school or earlier would have been, would be great. How old do they have to be when they start investing, Tammy? Do they have to be a certain age? Anybody can, can start investing. It, it, it's not an aging. There's certain things that are age required. Things like TFSAs, uh, a 16 year old can start an RRSP, more paperwork if they're underage. I have a lot of clients that actually where the kids will contribute to their own RESP, like their education savings, when they become teenagers and start getting their own jobs and stuff, where part of their money will go in with that. And and I have a few clients that are really into the stocks and stuff, and they actually set up a stock account, and they're having their kids start doing a bit on the stocks with that. So they can start doing it at any time. Most don't start actually formally doing investing until like they're 18 and that but they can start learning about it and there's actually some really good um websites where they can start setting up play accounts where they can work with pretend money but then see how it works and learn how the stock trading and and different things go which is a good thing for them to be learning oh yeah i've never even heard of that well the thing is most people if they're if, if they ever talk about it or ask about it when's it ever going to come up but kids are greedy, motivated little monsters, which is a good thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and they can get right into it. A lot of us, we really underestimate all the things that our kids are capable of learning and are interested in if it's just presented in a way that they can grasp and get motivated about. Yeah, I think we might struggle sometimes with the falling toward the lecturing side versus the educating side. That's an easy thing to do when you're when you're busy and running around and doing all that all the things that you need to do to keep the household running. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard because we're the parents and our kids, especially when they start hitting the age of teenagers, like I've got right now, they tune you out an awful lot more, but they'll listen to other people because they're not the parents. That is exactly right. We just need to be able to put that script from our brain into somebody else's brain so they will transfer it to our children. And it does, it does, it does work, but just the, the con, the constant dripping, believe it or not, it does get through. It blows my mind sometimes when I think Ayla isn't listening to me at all. And then she'll say something and I'm going, Oh, you actually were paying attention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's just, regularly doing things like I, I remember when Ayla was, was, was younger and we'd go and get the mail and I'd get like the NMAX bill and I'd open it up and I'd show it to her and I'd explain to her that like this is for paying for having the electricity on and heating the house and this pays to have the garbage picked up and the water and these things. So just 
explaining it to her and letting her see the things. And she under- she has a really, really good grasp of the concepts and how it works now. Yeah, and that's important. I mean, those are life skills. No, completely. Completely life skills. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and lives to join us. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. It was a pleasure being here. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Tammy. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. You Take too. care. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.